0: Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek Hey, this is Matt Lesher This is Phil Lamar Hey, this is Rob McHillor aka the opinion of Gotham You are listening to Geek Vibes Live here
1: we go. Good afternoon, everyone, or good morning, wherever you are. Um, welcome to another exciting episode of Geek Vibes Live interview. As always, I am your host, Tia Fabie, and today we're going to be speaking with Brian Krause, who you may remember as the character Leo from the hit series Charmed. Um, I'm really excited to have him come on and speak with us today I mean this is Charmed has been one of those shows that everyone has watched Everyone knows And I'm just really excited to get him on air um, He's been very grateful to come and join us today And this is just going to be an exciting time I know I keep saying that But um just really looking forward to speaking with him Hello. Hi, Brian. Hi. Hey, Brian. This is Tia. Very nice to meet you. Well, not meet you, I guess. Be talking with you.
0: <laughs> uh, thanks. You too. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, Again, welcome to Geek Vibes Live interview. This is really big for me to be speaking with you. I mean, you... We're in like one of the most well known shows um such a cult classic, so again, thanks for taking the time right now to speak with me.
0: oh of course, um, thank you for having me
1: <laughs> thank you and so really, I just kind of wanna ask you, you know when you first started charmed, you played the character Leo, and did you ever expect? the show to have the cult following that it has, even to this day in 2018?
0: No, of course not. I, You know, when I joined the show, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be on for very long. So it was, uh, it's, it's definitely a surprise. And, it, you know, it's a blessing that the show's moved on for so long and our fandom just seems to keep growing
1: definitely it's one of those shows that kind of like i don't you know i know that it's not like star trek and but to have that following that even (laughs) it's going to be decades and we're still going to talk about charm so it's really cool and do you have like any like really fond memories anything that like really stands out from your experience on the show
0: well, you know d- the friends I've made over the years, just with the crew, and you know still knowing Holly and and uh, Drew, and you know the friendship we've made over the years and how it keeps building is, uh, you know, what a blessing. It, it's it's not often in this industry you're able to remain a friend, you know, remain friends with people you work with. Um, so it's 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 fantastic. I mean, I'm just. Uh, what can I say? It, it's a blast.
1: That's great. And do you find that you know, as you're walking out on the street that people are still recognizing you? Do people come up to you? I mean, I know that it's probably not the funnest thing if you're getting your coffee and someone comes up to you and goes, "Hey, you're Leo." But that has to happen, even you know, to today. Yeah, I'm I'm Leo.
0: <laughs> it's, it's crazy uh you know as many roles as i I've, I've played since and move on it's uh you know people are like no you can't be bad in this you're leo uh you know <laughs> I mean i'm freaking leo <laughs> i
1: guess that is <laughs> Which one is of the <laughs> great
0: it's it's a i mean again it's a blessing to just you know have something that can go down in history is you know i guess iconic in a way is is it's just bizarre to me. I Whoever knew that would be the case, you know?
1: I mean, but that has to be kind of and actors solidify themselves in pop culture
0: that way, even I as it I You know, my, my goal always was just to always work. Uh, you know, when I first started, you know, 18, you know, trying to get work and getting into SAG, it was... You know, my goal as a young man was to work my entire life as an actor and make a living and uh, to work, just to always work and make a living at it. You know, celebrity and all that other stuff is, uh, you know, second nature, secondary to, uh, you know, the idea of working. I mean, you know, celebrity is not something I yearn for as much as... uh, you know, actually working (laughs) and then, you know, playing different (laughs) roles and, you know, different characters and, you know, being able to just be an actor, uh, a filmmaker and be a part of the process. Uh, So,
1: yeah, I'm,
0: I'm inherently kind of shy when it comes to that. And I get embarrassed when people are like, Oh, Hey, you're this. It's like, hi, (laughs) you know, I, I, it's, it's not easy for me. It's, it's, uh, I'm always pretty embarrassed by it.
1: I do think about that um, from time to time, especially with the actors and actresses who go to conventions and you have a room full of screaming fans and it has to be so surreal to even put yourself, because as you said, you're just looking to work and be the actor, but... And on the flip side, what kind of comes along with it is the screaming uh horde of fans
0: <laughs> it's 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 amazing that they i tell you that's probably been the greatest thing that we've done is going to conventions uh and and meeting people in person and hearing their stories uh you know it, it, unless you're doing a play, you really don't ever you know have contact or or hear any sort of um response to you know what you've done. You know, obviously celebrity adds to that. Oh, I'm getting recognized or you work more, you make more money, maybe, but uh I I think the greatest thing is going to the conventions, talking to the fans what, and hearing why they watch the show, what it meant to them, who they watched it with. Uh you know, I've heard so many stories of people, you know, why they watch the show and you know, their, their mother was sick or they are, or, you know, they feel like they didn't fit in. And so many people, uh, how they identified with the girls and what they went through and the charmed ones in general, and how we, you know, gave them this escape, uh, you know, and to be a part of that. And, you know, I've sat there and hugged people and cried with them. And it's, I tell you, it's just, man, it's, it's beyond anything I could have imagined. Uh, you know, as an actor, that that I can actually, you know, make a difference in people's lives. Uh, And and to think our little sci-fi show about magic uh, affects people like that is just remarkable.
1: And it's kind of really telling as to the impact that the show has had because I'm not sure if you are aware, but we have a reboot of Charm oh, they on do? air right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah <Huh>. it um <laughs> it returned
1: to CW with a, you know, new cast in October. So um I think that personally is a huge sign that people wanted this back on screen. They wanted to experience the world again because I there's now a new show on for
0: people to enjoy. <laughs> right. Uh, the universe continues, which is fantastic, I think, for the fans. And, you know, I, I think they hoped it was uh, the original girls, um, you know, the chemistry they brought to the show and uh, how amazing they were, uh, you know, set that whole thing up. And I think it, really it is. You're right. It's it's the, the world of magic and, you know, the make-believe that uh, I think, people love so much
1: yeah and just kind of building on these characters and just really going on but you know it's been some time since charmed has gone off the air and i know that all of the actors including yourself have had a long list of roles that they've done since then and i heard that you're now going to be in this new show which is called the demonologist and I right. really just kind of want to like give the the spotlight to you right now, so that you can tell us all about this show and your character.
0: Uh, well, you know, the demonology is a small indie movie. Uh, you know, it's a little budget, written by uh, Jay Steli, and uh, it's you know I think it sets up the world of, of a potential. You know, we we can go further into that world. It's it's a it's a guy kind of like Leo, who you know, against all odds, became this you know fighter for justice. Although he's not an angel, uh, he's quite the opposite. Um, You know, but just a normal guy who kind of gets sucked world to. uh, You know, he fights demons on the bad side, if you will. So taking care of the bad guys. Is still kind of my deal, but uh, you know, Damien is no angel. <laughs> That's for sure. I, f-
1: I feel like um, we, as viewers, really love the whole supernatural demon hunting uh, subplot in shows that also and and movies as they go along, and so it's kind of cool that you're still in a mystical supernatural world but now you're hunting demons but you said just before that your character is no angel can you kind of go into that a little
0: uh well yeah i you know i think it's a twist at the end of the movie is what you know damien becomes but uh Yeah, you know, originally he's uh, a detective, you know, hunting bad guys, Um, you know, and then eventually he becomes, uh, I guess, kind of one of the bad guys himself in a way, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, hunting demons, and in a way, it's for the greater good, Uh, but, so I go along, whatever, and I find out my girlfriend, and my friends, and everybody I know, my world becomes turned upside down, and you know, you find that I I find at the end of the movie my new reality, um, in which is you know I am the demonologist. Uh, I'm I'm the hunter of hunters, if you will. So in a way, in this, I'm I'm a little more coal, if you will. Uh, yeah. Although, yeah, I I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, so so
0: it's it's kind of a prequel in a way. I I think it's really set up to, you know, get another movie out of this and, and, you know, explore that world. You know, we made this movie for a tiny budget. um, And it's, it's kind of the beginning of the world. Uh, So hopefully we find success with this first one and uh, you know, we can go on and tell more of the story and explore more demons and explore that world of, you know, hunting the bad guys, and you know, me even being kind of a badass myself. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's it's kind of the an anti Leo, uh, but with the same moral standard in a way. It's it's different.
1: And would you, how would you kind of categorize working? As you said, it's a smaller budget film. How would you categorize? working on a project that has a smaller budget you know what are the pros and what are the, the challenges when it comes to
0: that well the pros i mean we made this feature film in in 10 days uh which is absurd uh, to make a feature film in 10 days uh, and we did it we got it done and you know bless our whole entire crew who worked their ass off to get it done in 10 days uh, the only pro of that is, you know, nobody's trying to make your performance something else, uh, that, you know, you do have a lot of freedom. Whatever you lay down is going to be it. Uh, there's no time to go back and reshoot and redo it all. And, and that's also the con, is don't have time to, you know, make that scene great. Or, you know, if you said these lines bad, that's it. There's, there's, it's going to be bad. uh You know, we didn't have time to move the camera as much as we wanted to, you know, uh, make a lot of the action scenes. So it relies heavily on dialogue and that sort of thing, Uh, which, you know, is kind of a con in a way and a big feature is that you want to move the camera and you want to use the camera to tell the story and not just rely on dialogue. Um, You know, the pro is that we're all there on the same page trying to make the same thing happen. Uh... And as actors, it's like almost feels like doing a play. We're moving so fast uh, that we all have to be on the same page. And every moment we're not filming, you're, you're talking with the other actor. Okay, what are we doing here? You're trying to pre- prepare. So when it comes time in 10 minutes that, you know, we know our lines, we're ready to go. Uh, and, you know, you constantly have to be on top of it, uh, knowing what you're going to do, because there's no time to, you know, get a take three. Uh, even sometimes it take two. So, um, you know, it's good and bad If for a viewer. I think it's tough. You know, obviously we're not, you know, some A-list movie that's, you know, done by, you know, Blumhouse that's getting some huge distribution. You know, we're, we're building our fan base and, you know, on demand and trying to get out that way. And hopefully people see it. Um, you know, so we're kind of up against it in a way. And I think as a viewer, you know, the viewers expect and they want all the tricks. You know, you want the CGI. You want the camera moves. You want, you know, all these huge explosions and car chases and, you know, the demons to be fantastic. And, you know, I think there's a genre for people that like um, the lower budget movie and real fans of, of horror, especially uh, and sci-fi. You know, I think they kind of liked the, you know, we did this, you know, out of the trunk of our car and made it happen. Um, You know, and kudos to the filmmakers that got it to this point. It's, uh, you know, just to to get it finished is, it's a great accomplishment, uh, you know, when you're not backed by millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's funny that you say about it feeling like a play, because as you were describing it, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Um, And and that's a little, as someone, myself, who, you know, back in high school did plays, obviously, but that's exhilarating in a way. And I think that I am part of that group that doesn't always need a massive budget, uh, in order to enjoy a movie, if the movie's good, the movie's good. So I think that's really exciting for you guys to be a part of and to appreciate the fact that it was done in ten days. I think viewers, upon watching, will so keep sad. that in mind.
0: <laughs> it's so fast. I mean, I've made, I've made, you know, several lifetime movies and stuff like that, I and mean, they. You no know, they're a quicker end you know twelve to fifteen days, and that's pretty fast uh but a lot of times you're you know the sets aren't as large you're not doing c g i it's a lot of dialogue and it's very doable, and like when we did charmed and most television shows today do eight to twelve pages a day uh, you know which which is doable, but when you're talking indie movie and you know you have grandeur and stunts and c g i it's it's hard to do ten to twelve pages a day. I mean, we 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 were trying to push it out, and we had new locations and moving lights, and you know, nothing's set up, and your your set decorators running over here, and you know, he's painting a wall that's got to be ready in you know twenty minutes, and you know, your your makeup guy's like, oh, he's under the gun. We got, we need it now." And it's it's a frantic pace, and you know, as an actor. I'm on the easy side of it, right? Memorize my lines, show up, and perform. But, you know, for the crew to to perform under that sort of pressure is, you know, I can't say enough about how much I appreciate them to, you know, give me a space to act in, uh, you know, from the guys moving the lights and the camera guys and, you know, just the people that had lunch ready. And, you know, they – it's a it's a hard platform for them for sure. I, I mean, we honestly, we could have used two or three more weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the good part is though that uh with the success of this movie when people are watching it and stuff and I really hope for the you know, success of it that for the next one you guys can at least do maybe twenty days, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and that's the goal. I I've talked to Stelly a lot and he's become a good friend and you know, he he's really talented in this genre and he's he's got a, a knack for Horror, and he loves it. And he's not only a fan of it; he writes it. Uh, He kind of lives and breathes it. Um, You know, you could ask about, you know, the whole history of it, and he's he's quite the buff. So, you know, his his idea of how we could go forward in the next one, and the next one, and the next one, he's he's got it laid out. So, you know, yeah, we we cross our fingers that there is success and you know, we can see more Damien in the future and, and really kind of expand the universe. Uh, it would be exciting for me as well, just, you know, kind of the anti-Leo, the, the tough guy Leo, if you will. Uh, you know, not that I want to get away from being Leo. I, Again, I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to offend anybody because it's 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 a blessing in my life that I'm, you know, this pop icon kind of, guy, but, you know, at the same time, as an actor, you constantly want to play new roles and, uh, you know, be remembered. I don't want to just be remembered, oh, he did Leo, and that was it. He was done. You know, not only did he do Leo, he went and did this guy, and then he did that guy. So, you know, as an actor, that's what I'm trying to do is constantly, you know, make something as iconic, if not more than, uh, you know, what we created on Charm.
1: And you see that with so many actors that maybe for a while they're known as one character, but then as they move forward and keep going, I if I have no doubt that <laughs> while we did focus a little on Charmed and Leo, I don't think that people will. I hope people won't get offended that you say it's the
0: anti-Leo. <laughs> well, it's yeah, exactly. I mean, if they do, Just, okay just because I, you're I don't an know actor that you need charm to expand fan, <laughs> i don't know the charm fans necessarily the horror fan either you know going to the cons and stuff and i've done my horror cons because I've, I've done quite a few horror movies but you know it's it's almost two different fans if you will i i don't know that the pop culture charm fan is the hardcore horror fan either uh But, you know, we do have a lot of crossover and I I definitely do meet people that, you know, they love sleepwalkers or whatever it was and they love Charm as well or they watch Charm because they saw sleepwalkers or what have you. So, you know, listen, Leo could have used some topping up on the show (laughs) as it was. Uh, So, you know, it's just Leo 2.0.
1: I would say so. (laughs) And where... Where and when, I know you said On Demand, can we find The Demonologist? When is it premiering? Uh,
0: Well, I'm not exactly sure, but I think uh, January 1st it's available on iTunes and On Demand. Uh, I don't have all the information myself, but I I do believe that's it. Do you know? Did they tell you? Did you watch it?
1: It's going to be On Demand January 1st, 2019. I... I haven't watched it, um, so I don't. I was avoiding that. I was like, okay, maybe he can not yeah, tell. I, I haven't watched I'm it. I'm avoiding it
0: too. <laughs> I generally but don't no. watch uh, stuff I'm in, uh, honestly, and it's you know I'm my worst critic, and it's it's hard for me to get into the movie, uh, knowing the entire storyline, and you know watching myself. It's it's kind of hard to disappear. And follow my character because I am the character. So, you know, I'm I'm constantly beating myself up. Oh, that look. Oh, look, I need Botox. Oh, all of it. Oh, I should have said that better. Done this better. You know, knowing, you know, we we're a small indie. It's it's hard for me to watch anyway. Just watching myself. So, um, you know, if we have a screening, we're talking about doing uh, the first week in down in New Orleans, I'm going to be in Wizard World. Uh, hopefully, I'll, well, I'll see Steli and some of the other crew members. Uh, we might have a little screening down there that week, but uh, it's not set in stone yet. Oh, so you're going to be in Wizard World? Yeah, Wizard World, New Orleans. Uh, we have four or five shows lined up this year. Columbus, Ohio and a few other cities. And I'll be there with uh, Holly Marie Combs and uh, Drew Fuller Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else from the show will be there or not but uh, definitely us three no New York (laughs) not yet
1: <laughs> I, feel I, like heard co- I feel like besides I feel like besides Comic Con, nothing is in New York, which is so shocking to me. I mean, we're New York. It's, I get the yeah, people right? here.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a big one And then once Comic Con came in, there was Chiller, you know, but that's over in Jersey and that's a big show. Uh and I've done, we've done that one a couple times. Uh but yeah, now that you have the New York Comic Con it's I think it's kind of taken everything over. And And I, I believe last year they actually had the uh, the new cast of charm there, uh, so that kind of you know pushed us out.
1: Aww.
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> No,
1: no respect. <laughs> I
0: know. what the hell.
1: <laughs> well, Brian, um be, besides the demonologist, is there any other project or you know charity that you want to plug right now?
0: Uh, Well, I've been working on a movie for the last two years called uh, Michael and Me, and it's uh, a story Mark Ralston wrote. You know Mark from many, many, many movies Aliens and Shawshank Redemption, and he's on Turn, uh, he's recurring on Bosch. uh, But it's a true story of uh, him and a homeless guy named Michael. Uh, I was making a documentary, or beginning to, uh, about homelessness in America you know, just kind of what that was about and what's the root cause and you know, about alcoholism and, you know, the state of affairs with homelessness and mm-hmm. uh, asked him if he'd wanted to be a part of it with me and wasn't really interested in a documentary but he decided that he'd love to do a movie. So he basically penned the story of him and Michael, the homeless guy that lives basically over the wall uh from his house in Sherman Oaks and the story is about their unlikely friendship, uh, and it kind of just puts a, a different face to homelessness. You know that not every homeless person is some, you know, they're they're people too. And uh, you know, I think my greatest thing being sober is is you know talking about alcoholism and drug addiction and uh, mental health. Uh, uh, the lack of support that we give the people here in America is is beyond me. Uh, the amount of children that are on the streets, the 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 women that come out of shelters and have nowhere to go, uh, the lack of funds that we give to it, and uh, how we kind of just treat people and walk past them. Uh, and so the story is about Michael, and Michael's actually in it, a uh, homeless guy. And so we started an Indiegogo, and we we raised about twenty grand. Shot. Uh, about a third of the movie, and so we're, you know, we we'll, we filmed a little over Christmas, we'll film more in January, and we're just going to keep plugging away and kind of making it uh, kind of out of the trunk of our car uh, until we finish it mm-hmm. hopefully it gets out there, and I think my ultimate goal is to, uh, you know, potentially change how we deal with homelessness and mental health in America, and, you know, we want to raise money and give it back to Michael and his church and you know, just help as many people as possible. Um, you know, and I, I think it's raising awareness about addiction and you know what what leads people to the streets. You know, why why are they there, and why do we just walk past them? It's it's a shame. It really is a shame. I mean, there's many things in this country that are a shame, but you know that that is just beyond me. But it's just beyond me.
1: Honestly, fantastic that you're doing um, a movie like that, and that it stemmed from the a documentary because as you said there needs to be awareness raised and i feel that a lot of times we'll say that we want to make change and then we don't actually do it so i think that a movie like this will be incredibly popular because i think that it will speak to a lot of people
0: i hope so you know it, it's a funny thing everybody's like oh i care about the homeless oh i I donated this or you go down to the shelter, you feed feed them for one day over Christmas or Thanksgiving. And, you know, you donate your clothes and then we walk away. It's it's for someone else to donate. You know, it's like without the church actually, you know, most of our shelters wouldn't be open. And, but it, you know, where's the federal help? Where are do tax dollars go? Where, why are, why is that not going to help? It, it's, it's, beyond me, the billions of dollars that are put aside for it, don't make it to the street. And you know, I think if people really knew uh the mismanagement of funds, uh and it's not just homelessness and mental health how that happens, but I I think people would really be angry. Uh and so I just kinda wanna shed a little light on it. And there's no you know, for me, I'm not taking a political side. It's not Left wing, it's not right wing. It's 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 a human story, right? It's it can happen to anybody. And you know, our character Michael became homeless at fifty-five. He was married, he had kids, he had a regular job, and you know, addiction and you know the the different things he went through as a child. It finally got him. And uh, you know, I've seen it a lot. Living in Los Angeles, it's homelessness is an epidemic here. as it is in Chicago and New York and some of the bigger cities. But, you know, we have kids that are on the streets, you know, all the way up to people that are, you know, 80 years old. And I just think as a society, as as a human, as a human, it's unacceptable. It's it's unacceptable. And we'll never be able to call ourselves the greatest nation on earth as long as we have hundreds of thousands of people living on the street, ever.
1: And... On top of that, there's, I think, a statistic out there that there are enough homes out there to home the
0: homeless. But there are enough homes. There there, there are enough funds. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to addiction, right, and, and people to talk to. And, and in my experience, a lot of these people, you know, they don't want to get put in a box. They don't want to be told what to do by the government, like all of us right? They need someone to talk to. They need therapy. You know, so what are you going to do? You're going to give them a home and have them sit there. But there's so many other things that need to happen, right? Why Why don't we offer, you know, hey, you want to go into school to be a nurse and a social worker? We're going to give you, a, you know, scholarship to go to school if you come out and you work here. I, I think we can, there's so many things we can do that, you know, are just not pushed. It's you know Utah is doing it well like you said they they opened up they got people out of the parks they're giving them homes first they're they're getting them out of the elements so they're not living rough right uh they're opening up here they're opening up park safe places to park your car if you live in your car uh you know but that's it's a small handful of people that are willing to do that and and most people that are asking for change you know they they're looking for alcohol and drugs it's it's there's just so many people that don't ask, you know, they are mentally disturbed or or broken, excuse me, rather. And they don't know how to ask. They don't know where to go. So what do you do? You can't just arrest them and put them in a home forever. Right. They need, they need help. They need therapy. They need someone to talk to. You know, so many of these people don't have a family, you know, they don't have brothers and sisters that care for them or mother and father anymore. You know, they're estranged in some way. And, You know, it's, it's a big argument I have with so many people. Well, why should I pay for somebody else? It's like, well, you know, because that could be you. That could be me. You know, and Australia does it well. They tax the alcohol. They tax the cigarettes. And it all goes to mental health and reform. And, you know, you help people get off the street and build a new life. And I get, you know, run into the argument, well, they're much smaller than us. It can't work this big. I'm like, well, why? so it works for a dime, but it can't work for a quarter. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. So uh, I say tax the alcohol, you know, who's, you're still going to buy alcohol. It's not going to get people to stop drinking alcohol, but tax the pharmaceuticals. It's it's a simple fix and then create the industry. But unfortunately, we're we're years away from implementing it and You know, our current administration, I don't see them making big steps towards fixing that. Uh, So, you know, hopefully when we vote again, you know, we we can set up a House and a Congress and a, you know, all the way from the top down that's, that's willing to take, you know, the steps necessary to, you know, build it. I mean, from our children to our elderly, right? So, I don't know. I...
1: No, and I understand it is a topic that, honestly, we could even have a massive discussion about so many things with that. And as someone who lives in New York, I see the homelessness of the epidemic. I see it as a result of narcotics, alcohol addiction. But then you also see it as a result of just life not going in the right direction and as you said it could be anyone and that is the unfortunate thing and we do need people who raise awareness who are willing to do something more than just the one day a year on Thanksgiving or Christmas absolutely you
0: know and you you saw what happened with the cigarette industry and they made this big stride and this big change and you know we changed on how they could promote it You know, and Jeffrey Wigand was – they tried to murder him a few times. So imagine if you stepped out against the alcohol industry. It's going to – it's the same resistance. Uh, But, you know, they made a change, and cigarette smoking's down, and it's not near the epidemic that, you know, pharmaceuticals and heroin and meth and alcohol – I mean, it ruins lives. And when you start talking about people that are in jail, I mean – you're not murdering your family sober right right you're not you're not beating up your boyfriend or girlfriend sober you know a lot of that's all we could all take it back to alcohol you know as far as you you don't try meth as your first drug right you know it's it's not marijuana that's the gateway it's 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 alcohol, you know everybody's drinking at sixteen and binging, and you know America has. In my opinion, an alcohol problem that leads to many other problems. And obviously, today pharmaceuticals is they are out of control, as we saw. You know what they're passing now and regulation, regulating doctors and how they can write prescriptions. I mean, it's it's gigantic.
1: Well, you it's, also see it in the movie industry. With um, just the other day, I forget what I was watching, but the whole someone's like, well, just. I just popped the Xanax, right? And right. And something as simple as that, and we laugh at it, but if you sit back and think about it, it's that's just normalizing that whole thing and going into more of the narcotics, the prescriptions, the quick fixes. So, I mean, it is as well, you have people on the industry side who I believe are trying to steer away from that. But then you also have just like the whole sex sells thing they, you know, want to go in that direction. So unfortunately it's going to take some time before we really see any sort of change in my opinion.
0: Right. And it's not saying get rid of it, you know, it's, but have a fail safe, a catch, right? If, if somebody spent their life drinking and has mental problems, where there's no so they have to now pay themselves their way to get into rehab. That's not going to happen, right? So what what happens now? You get them for loitering and you throw them in jail. So now it's it's now we're even paying more through our tax dollars just to keep someone in jail that's not even a threat to society really. Right, so uh, which side do you want to pay for it on? know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Absolutely. and you know it's not a sexy cause, and that's that's part of the problem too. Because until it hits lawmakers and individuals at home, you know, so many people we step over the homeless everywhere we go. Oh, I don't know that guy. That's not me. Look, oh, he's gross. He's just oh, he just wants money. He wants this. They want food. I bought a guy a burger the other day. He didn't want to eat it. So fuck them. It's like you know. <laughs> You know, well, I get, I think, I think that, part of it is like start throwing the faces of children that are homeless and hungry and living on the streets and, you know, the runaways. Start throwing that, that face out there and maybe that, you know, it's just not a sexy cause to people, you know, unfortunately.
1: Well, I think people you know. in the, like, say, millennial age bracket are kind of um, caring more about that and with movies like how what you're doing I think that's really going to help um the cause and raise awareness. What did you say by the way was the name of this movie?
0: Uh it's Michael and me or it's me Michael, and Michael. And me. it's it's kind of changing. Uh, and do and we... we have a working title called The Neighbor. Uh it's a couple different titles right now. <laughs>
1: uh, do do we know when that's going to come out?
0: Well, we're we're going about... we're Going to gear up to film here in a couple weeks, a few more scenes. Uh, I mean, hopefully we're done with this in the next three, four months, and then we can edit it, and, you know, hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, we're going to do another com- campaign and try and raise more funds to finish it. Uh, we're You know, we're not going out to Netflix or big people to throw a ton of money at it because it, it doesn't need it. Uh, you know, it's a very simple story about a. You know, marked in the homeless guy so our locations are small everything's small so we don't want to convolute it with you know some huge budget in a studio and you know some big campaign but you know it, on the back end and distribution that's a whole different story but you know to make the movie uh, you know we can make it for the budget we made the demonologist so you know we've been reaching out to fans and trying to go that route if you will well,
1: as if you can, as soon as you have updates, even a premiere date, I would love to be kept in the loop just because I would love to promote something like that um, oh, for thank people you so to much. watch. And, thank you so you know, much. Of course. And, Brian, thank you again so much for coming on and speaking with me. Um, I really appreciate where this conversation kind of went. And I'm really interested in your upcoming movies, The Demonologist, Mm, Michael and Me. Really excited. Thank you so much again, Brian.
0: Uh, Of course. You're welcome. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Of course. And you have a great day, okay?
0: All right. You too. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Brian. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. All right.
0: woo (laughs)